Good day to you, fine listeners, and thanks for joining us on the Oklahoma Today podcast, bringing you all the best our state has to offer. This week, we're chatting with Randy Gibson about the Endangered Ark Foundation in Hugo. But first, our mouth-watering question of the week, we asked you, what food will you travel the farthest to eat? First up, Editor-in-Chief Nathan Gunner. Um, it's probably breakfast at Black Mesa Bend Breakfast. That's kind of the furthest in Oklahoma I can really imagine. Like, that's kind of the furthest you can travel in Oklahoma, right? Yeah. Like, But that prickly pear syrup, that pancake syrup made out of prickly pears. Worth the drive. <laughs> to uh, to coin a highly trademarked phrase. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Managing editor Carly Ibarra. Um, I would say German food because there's just not a lot of German food like mm. in this immediate area. There's a place in Norman. There's one in more, but the best mm-hmm. is in Waynoka. It's Cafe Bonhoff. Uh, That's probably yes. the farthest I've ever driven for a meal ever, and it was totally worth it. Especially so during the spring and fall when they have their beer garden open, you can sit out on the patio and drink. A German beer and eat good German food. It's awesome. That place is great. Uh, and, and we uh, we've always got really good letters, very nice letters from Dieter Dorner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a nice guy. You know, it's funny. I almost said that. Mm-hmm. I well. almost said Cafe Bonhoff, and then I changed my mind. <laughs> Photo writer Megan Rossman. I mean, if somebody else is driving, I will. <laughs> I'll go anywhere, pretty much. Um, but for me, probably Wellston, uh, which it's nice. I don't have to drive very far to get the best barbecue ever at Butcher Barbecue Stand. The place is awesome. Um, yeah, we drove there with Steve one time. Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah. I mean, we were taking a photograph. But. Also, I have driven to Lawton. Like, Lawton has a pretty has good, food good food scene. Yeah, it does. It does. All right. Research editor Ben Lucian, how about you? So, every town, it seems, has their own iconic burger hamburger, especially in Oklahoma, and I want to try all of them. Uh, I've mm. tried several of them. Um, Cooper and I, Cooper's the intern back here, we went to uh, Hamburger King in Shawnee recently, a lot of fun. Uh, El Reno, of course, uh, Johnny's known for their amazing hamburgers. Uh, pretty much any any hamburger, I think, is, is worth driving for, in my <laughs> opinion. It's a good one. Hot, have you had a hot, hot hamburger at Murphy's in Bartlesville? Not... So not the Bartlesville version of that. I the closest I can get is uh, I did have one at Grill on the Hill. That's good stuff. Yes. Yeah. Very good stuff. Yeah. What about you, Greg? Oh, I was just going to mention they also do um, on the weekends a hot hamburger at uh, New State here in Oklahoma City. Oh. Uh, I'm very lucky that two of the foods that I'm willing to drive for are in the same town. So it's. Uh, uh, Big Dipper Creamery mm. and uh, Coney Islander <laughs> in Tulsa. <laughs> um, I'm just, I cannot get enough of that. Oh, I love those Coney Islander uh, Coney's. <laughs> yeah, man. I just, uh, just give me anywhere between five and two dozen and leave me alone. Tulsa is a delicious city. It is. Yeah. yeah. When, when are they going to open a Big Dipper in Oklahoma City? I don't know. There, I feel like there is supposed to be a place in Oklahoma City in uh, the Plaza District that's selling Big Dipper. Oh, no, I know. I need to go there and I need to go there and verify that this is true. But Roxy's <laughs> is there. Also true. I would say I don't have to travel very far from it because it's close to my house, but I would crawl through hell for Pie Junkie. <laughs> mm. I would crawl through hell on my belly for Pie Junkie. 
What did uh, our What did our friends on social media say? Too much. Who, where Where would they <laughs> crawl through hell to get to? <laughs> uh, well, uh, the people at Sharing Passion and Purpose uh, mentioned both the uh, salted whiskey caramels from Molly Cuddled Hash Slinger in Oklahoma City, mm. and anything uh, from Glacier Chocolate in Tulsa. Oh, They've yeah. got big sweet tooths, uh, sweet teeth, <laughs> big sweet, sweet tooths. Uh, Lori Ferguson Lucas mentioned the barbecue at the uh, Dairy Diner in Cleveland. Uh, Linda Nira said uh, f- the pho noodle bowl at Lido Restaurant in Oklahoma City. Mm, yes, um, a classic, classic, I think. For uh, Oklahoma City has so much great pho, but for a lot of folks around here and people who, who used to live here, I think Lido is kind of one, is a, a classic one. I think Lido, I will say I love Lido. It is not the best pho in town, in my opinion, but I will say it's a good, like, base pho. Like, especially yes. if someone's never had it. Like, okay, let's go to Lido and you can try, like, the platonic ideal of pho. <laughs> and then we can go, you know, we can start trying various, start various variations. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. Renee said uh, Smoke and Joe's Rib Ranch in Davis. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 90-minute drive is totally worth it. Fortunately, Smoke and Joe's Stilly is now open, so we have the option of only a 60-minute trip for those ribs. <laughs> uh, someone mentioned the beef teriyaki at Crave Teriyaki in South Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. Uh, D. Morris said uh, Jimmy's Roundup Cafe in Oklahoma City. Best chicken fried steak and handmade rolls. And they, okay. I do enjoy that place. That's they have fried pies also, though, oh, yeah. that yes, are pretty good. I think they're better than our buckle fried a, pies. A peach fried oh, pies. Nobody kills me. Wow. <laughs> Where? Hot take. Jimmy's Roundup Cafe. They're crispier. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've never take. been there. Oh, are they wonderful. crispy the way the McDonald's ones used to be? They're not quite that crispy, okay. but they're not soggy. My, like my soul the still hurts ones. that they're not the what they I used, heard that the Whataburger still fries their pies. They do, they do. Yeah. yeah. Except that yeah. they only have apple and lemon. I love Whataburger, but. <laughs> Lemon is, it seems like such a rant, like cherry. Cherry. Apple and cherry. Mm, cherry is the yeah, flavor. But I mean, yeah. Respect the lemon I want some pies. lemons. Yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to. Uh, when you go to Jimmy's, uh, if it's your first time, be sure and tell them it's your first time, and they will bring you basically a sample of everything for free. Okay. Um, Oh, that's pretty, yeah. Okay. Uh, Let's see. uh, Patty White mentioned the pizza and fried mushrooms at the original hideaway in Stillwater. Um, uh, Annie uh, Barajas Harp said the Murphy's Hot Hamburger in Bartlesville, as we were. Annie has written for us in the past. She's great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Carrie Newton Zajowski said almost three hours to Tahlequah for pizza at Sam and Ella's Chicken Palace. Good pizza. Uh, Jay Stevenson said, I will drive 1,200 miles for Brahms in 18 hours (laughs) westbound and down. Uh, God definitely bless get Brahms. that. Yeah. Uh, Curtis Vapp said uh, kolaches in Yukon, uh, sp- particularly the poppy seed uh, kolaches. Really? Mm, that's what he says. Okay. Uh, Lasko Hunter. He can have mine. Okay. <laughs> Lasko Hunter said the Cattleman Steakhouse in Stockyard Delicious. City. Really? Yeah. My friend, my friend Anne Marie from New Jersey. Every time she comes to Oklahoma, is like, when are we going to Cattleman? <laughs> oh God, <laughs> I want to go it. there right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tammy uh, Vogley and Stephen Chris both mentioned Bill's Catfish and were. Great. Uh, yes. Uh, Okarchi for fried chicken. Uh, Cherokee Trading Post in Hinton for onion rings. Really? Yeah. It's, uh, that one's from Julie Avery. Uh, huh. Randy Tate said Wild Horse Barbecue uh, near Salisaw. Best ribs ever. So we've yeah. got a couple of uh, warring rib folk in yep. here. Um, and uh, and then, uh, oh, and of course, Stratford for peaches. So, you know, nothing, nothing I am wrong. I'm legit amazed no one mentioned all of our friends down in Hochatown and all the delicious food they're making I down am. there. Tab also, Singleton and the Blue the Blue Rooster and Grateful Head and there's a lot of good food down in Hochetown. Abendigos is delicious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah. So shout out to Hochetown. I was I kept waiting for that to come in. I'm, it come I'm through so and it sorry. never did. There's That's, a macaron yeah. place there now. Really? What? We could go on a macaron. <laughs> 
That's a it, long macaron. Is it called like Hocherons or something? Yeah. Say, uh, they always got to get Hocha in there somewhere. Oh, them, their Macarons. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now let's, uh, let's talk to our friend Randy Gibson from the Endangered Dark Foundation. And we are very happy to welcome Randy Gibson, who is the media consultant for the Endangered Ark Foundation in Hugo. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Randy. Hi, Greg. Very happy to be here. Wonderful. Well, uh, so uh, we have talked uh, recently on the podcast about the Endangered Ark Foundation uh, because so many of our staff members have had really magical experiences there. Uh, but for anybody who hasn't heard about it, uh, would you mind telling people what the Endangered Ark Foundation is? Sure. The Endangered Ark Foundation is basically a 250-acre retirement ranch for about 20 retired performing circus elephants. Uh, it's located in Hugo, Oklahoma, down on the border between Oklahoma and Texas. And you really wouldn't think that the Oklahoma-Texas border would be home to a herd of Asian elephants, but they uh, live there and just enjoy their retirement and their life. Yeah. Well, and um, and one uh, big happening right now is uh, that you guys have a uh, a new two year old Cameron Lee uh, having a birthday party. Cameron Lee. Yes. Cameron Lee uh, is just like any other typical spoiled little toddler boy. <laughs> that's, that's the way the staff actually describes him. Um he he is just um, a fun little fella. Uh, he can be very obnoxious at times. They they tell me that the handlers absolutely love him, though. They, they say that it's just exactly like having a little two year old toddler around. Uh, and he has a big birthday party coming up that the public is invited to. OK, wonderful. Well, and um uh, but even for those who can't make it to uh, his birthday party, uh, the the um, Endangered Arc Foundation is still a great uh, destination. You guys have lots of stuff going on there. Uh, encounters with uh, elephants. There's uh, you can stay there um, and uh, and and uh, yeah, lots of stuff. I think you guys actually have it listed as awesome adventures on the uh, um, on the website. Yes. Uh, so elephants, of course, Greg, they're such magical creatures, right? And it's not very often outside of a zoo situation where as Americans that we get to actually go um, have an encounter with an elephant. But if you go to Hugo through awesome adventures or through just a visit, booking a tour at the Endangered Art Foundation, you can actually get up and close and personal with the handlers at times and um, see these very majestic creatures up, up close. You can feed them. You can help with their spa day. Every day they have spa time. Every one of <laughs> have spa time and you can book to where you can work with the handler. Of course, um, there's always a handler there with you who is, is a professional with them. And so your, your safety is of utmost uh, priority and then they're with you at all times, but, but you can actually help with their spa day 
as well. Um, awesome Adventures allows you the opportunity to actually rent a cabin out on the ranch, the Savannah, as I like to call it. And you can just actually sit on the front there and watch the elephants out in the wild doing elephant things. Man, that is, uh, I, I, I would guess that probably most of our listeners would imagine uh, a flight to Africa would be, uh, would be in order before someone gets to have that kind of experience. Um, what, uh, what is it, I guess, uh, why, why Hugo and what was it about, uh, the, uh, Asian elephant that, uh, that really inspired, uh, uh, endangered art to exist? Well, Endangered Ark, uh, it's really quite a story if you go back several years, but uh, the foundation began in 1991 by the Miller family, uh, who actually had ties to some of the circuses there in Hugo. Of course, Hugo is known as Circus City, Mm -hmm. and the Carson Barnes Circus is still located there. And a few years ago, they decided to stop using elephants in the circus. Um, And they don't use any animal acts at all anymore. It's just all human acts now. But these animals were performing circus elephants. There was no way they could be sent back over to Asia and released in the wild. There's just absolutely not a chance that they could survive. So the uh, Mr. Miller, who was the owner of the circus, he um, had several acres of land that he had there in Hugo, and he decided to make it into a retirement ranch for his elephants. So basically um, we kind of like to call this act two, and there's a fundraiser that we're getting ready to launch that it's going to be called act two. And the reason that we call it that is because act one, the elephants performed and kind of helped provide for the humans. Now it's act two of their life. They get to live in luxury and retirement and the humans take completely care of, of the elephants. And that's really wonderful. Uh, um, our, uh, our editor in chief and managing editor have joined us now, Nathan and Carly. Uh, and they were both, they were both talking about uh, that magical experience. And would you guys like to maybe talk a little bit about what it was like for you, uh, uh, outsiders dealing with the elephants. Can I just say really quick before we speak, there's been a little, we've lost power in where we are. And so there's a lot of beeping happening. So if you hear beeping, it's just our various <laughs> battery backups telling us that they, how long they have left. So okay. oh, um, I was just amazed at how like, well, the, anim- the, the elephants were clearly cared for. Like, they all seemed so happy and some of the different, like they did yoga and they got a bath and they got to eat bananas and carrots and stuff. And it's just like, man, I want to live here. This yeah. is amazing. Yeah. They made I can't remember the last time I had a bath. Yeah. yeah. I actually had a painting that was done by one of the elephants. It's displayed in my office. It is. So, yeah. yeah. I actually tell people, uh, we, we went down, we went kind of down with them because we were shooting. Our photographer was with us. And so we got a little bit closer than people typically get. And I always describe it like that, tri- uh, that triceratops scene in Jurassic Park, you know, we're like, they're just walking through the high grass. And then all of a sudden here's this amazing creature right in front of you and you're right next to it. And that's kind of what it felt like. It felt like a real life version of that. It's just, it's, I think it might be the, one of the most magical experiences you can have in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing else like it, uh-huh. like endangered arc. I mean, it's, it's really so special and you know, you don't, because we don't have, you know, we didn't grow up with elephants. Right. Um, 
you don't you don't always have a sense of creatures that you don't see a lot as being real you know uh-huh, like yeah. i feel like i've seen an elephant only slightly a few more times than i've seen an actual dinosaur <laughs> uh, so i don't know it just it it makes the entire natural world kind of real and imminent in a way that few other things really do as as great as zoos are they they don't capture that same feeling of this is what the animals are really like in their own in their own world mm-hmm. and seeing adults become kids is so fun for me like yeah. there were a lot of kids on, uh, when we went down there but and they were obviously very excited but the adults were every bit as excited as the kids were I mean Absolutely. their eyes just lit up whenever the elephants came out so that that to me was one of the most magical aspects of it is just seeing people like all of a sudden they really care about this animal that is now real it's right in front of them so yeah, I'm yeah. getting a little bit emotional. I know. <laughs> I know. And it was like five years ago. I know. Yeah. Um, it's, it's definitely something that sticks with you all over the long term. And Randy, they are, these are really intelligent creatures and, and, and really they have personalities too. Uh, and you guys talk about that some on the website. We do. It's so interesting that you bring that up. And and Carly, I thought it was very interesting that you said that the elephants seem so happy. They are so happy and they love their human family as much as their elephant family. It's, it's so fun to watch the staff interact with with these truly majestical, magical creatures, because you have this creature that probably weighs anywhere from four to six tons, literally. And it's almost like watching a dog interact with their human owner because they're just so, they're, they're so happy. And I swear I can see these elephants smiling at times, just their whole eyes and everything, just how much they love their, their humans. And it's so interesting, you know, Greg, you ask, um, about the the different personalities, we we kind of talked a little bit about the baby Cameron Lee, who, as uh, I, I was saying earlier, is just your typical obnoxious little toddler <laughs> at, at two years old, you know. And then you've got Susie. Susie is the matriarch. Mm-hmm. She now an Asian elephant's typical lifespan is around forty eight years, and all of our elephants are Asian elephants. And Susie will turn 70 this year, man. So you see just how well taken care of these animals are by, by this staff and this, in this team and just how loved they are. So you've got Susie who is 70 and she's the matriarch and she is typical matriarch. She is the old grandmother who kind of stands to the side and just watches all of the others around, you know, make sure that they're cared for, make sure nothing's happening. And then you go all the way down to two-year-old Cameron, who is just this little boy, just like a typical great grandson, almost running around playing, doing his little boy things. And you've got great grandma watching from a distance, making sure. And what's really interesting with Cameron is that all of his aunts, really encircle him and protect him as well as his mother. So he stays with his mother all the time. He stays pretty close to her, but um, all of his aunts pretty well watch, watch out for him too. And I understand that it's that way in the wild. <clears throat> and even in captivity here, um, even though it's kind of pseudo captivity, because it's really like they do live in the wild in their world, but they do interact with the human handlers. 
but um, they're just so, I, I just keep using the word majestic and they're, it's just incredible. If, if you've never had the opportunity to travel to Hugo and go spend an afternoon with, with these creatures, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity and one that I would encourage everyone to do at least once. Oh man, absolutely. Uh, maybe the, oh, sorry, Nate, I couldn't hear you. Another thing that struck me was not just how happy the elephants were, but how much fun the humans were having and the volunteers and the staff and everybody who's there, you know, the people who work with these animals day in and day out are also very clearly having the time of their lives. So how many, how many people do you have, like how many staff, volunteers, et cetera, are, are there at any given time? You know, <clears throat> there's not really that many. Um, on the staff, you've got kind of the, the core staff, which is a handful of handlers, you know, maybe six or eight handlers, I think, and then just kind of the operations type people. So you, you really don't have more than a dozen staff that has to handle these 20 elephants every day. And remember that they're not just there, you know, on the weekends, they're there every day summer, winter, spring, fall, you know, 365, and they have to take care of them 24 seven. And here's some interesting facts for you. Did you know that it costs between 70 and $90 a day to feed each one of these elephants between 70 and $90 a day? The price of hay in Oklahoma, of course, is skyrocketing. Oh, yeah. It's gone from about $60 a bale to close to $100 a bale. That's also about how much it costs to feed me. And so... So. Um, they don't just eat the hay, though. They also eat a nutritional mix every day of grains and also uh, fruits and vegetables. And Nate and Carly, I don't know if you had the opportunity to watch them or to feed them. Yeah. Yes. Isn't it cool, like, to hand an elephant a banana and watch them grab it from their trunk and feed it? And then if you watch the handlers who was actually there with them, I, the, the day I was there, for example, they would throw a whole pineapple in one of them's mouth, you know, and or and sometimes they would lay it down and the elephant would pick it up on his trunk. But there was one in particular, and I can't remember which one. I don't remember if it was Zola or Dory or exactly who it was. But every time they would feed them, they would lay a piece of fruit down, whether it be a watermelon, a pineapple. It, it, it didn't matter what it was. She would step on it. Yeah. and smash it and then suck it up through her trunk almost like a vacuum hose you know and that was just her way that's that's the way that that she ate but it's so fun but we were talking about Susie the 70 year old matriarch to show the dedication that this staff has Susie actually has lost all of her teeth so her hay has to be ground up really fine in, in order for her to eat well they have to hand grind that hay because with the cost of operations, they don't have enough money to buy the equipment that they need, like the big tractor to run a hay grinder with the hydraulics and everything. So if it's okay, I would like to just say that we're actually getting ready to launch a big fundraiser called Hay for Susie. And we are going to start accepting donations um, so that we can buy them the, um, the tractor and the hay grinder that they need. We've been working with a group out of Houston called Akana that works nationwide um, uh, with John Deere and Kubota and some of the other large companies like that. And they're going, so the, the equipment that they need cost about a quarter of a million dollars. 
And there's just no way that endangered art has that kind of money. And so um, Akana has graciously said that they would donate their portion, their profit, which is about $40,000. So we still need to raise about $175,000, $176,000. And so we are getting ready to launch this big fundraiser so that Susie's hay does not have to be ground by a staff member who takes hours every day, literally these big round bales of hay. You know, he has to get the pitchfork and he has to go break it down. And then he has to run the little lawnmower like machine over it back back and forth to grind it all up. And so this will take, this will free this up. So we're getting ready to launch this big fundraiser. Uh, and hopefully by the end of the year, we will be able to present them with this new tractor and hay grinder. Well, and uh, if anybody is looking uh, for that information on where they can donate uh, and, and where you can get tickets, all this other stuff, uh, it is uh, the endangered arc foundation uh, org. Um, and, uh, I, it's a great website too. You can see all about, uh, all about the animals, their personalities. I personally, uh, really associate with Obert, uh, the, uh, sullen teenager, uh, bachelor for life, uh, and loner, uh, just, uh, you know, I'm like, yep. Yeah. If I was an elephant, that, that'd be me just be like, all right, see you guys. Uh, we're out. Uh, <laughs> Obert too. I, will, I will tell you, Greg, Obert, uh, he is a namesake of one of the family's ancestors. Oh, really? Obert Miller, yes, uh, was one of the gentlemen that uh, kind of worked with uh, the elephants way back. He is the great grandfather of the person who owns and kind of oversees the Endangered Art Foundation now. Wow, that's wonderful. Well, uh, guys, uh, if you have not yet, please do put the Endangered Art Foundation on your itinerary. Um, go check out that website and, uh, and you can take part in all sorts of really fun events out there, including this upcoming fundraiser, Hey for Susie, uh, and act two, um, really, uh, Randy, thank you so much for coming on. We're, we're, we're huge, huge fans of the endangered arc foundation. Uh, and it's really great to get to connect with you guys again, and hopefully bring a little bit more attention from our listeners, uh, to what you all do. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Please come visit us. Will do. <laughs> All right. It is now time to once again plumb the depths of TravelOK.com's calendars for our weekly pod events. And first up this week is Nathan. Me? But that's me. <laughs> and, uh, so we are, oh, yes, we were talking about this in the car on the way over here to record this, Megan. We're, we are coming up on one of my favorite times of year because I am I'm a lover of all things holiday season. Mm. And uh, you can call me the Christmas creep if you want. But for me, the holiday season begins in mid-August with county fair season. And we, we have arrived. There are, of course, the fabulous state fairs in Oklahoma City and Tulsa in September, but they, they're all led up to and fed into from the ones I really enjoy, which are the small town free fairs. I grew up going to the Hydro Free Fair. It was just, it was uh, very close to my house when I was a kid. And uh, with a 1904 start date, by the way, the Hydro Free Fair is Oklahoma's oldest free fair community free fair. Um, and that one's in the third week of August, but if you just can't wait that long, and I'm not sure I can, a relative youngster by comparison is the Mountain View Free Fair, which started in 1915, which is happening this year, Thursday, August 4th through Saturday, August 6th. This Greenhorn Fair has been going strong uh, for more than 100 years. And if you visit this small southwestern Oklahoma town, which with Horizon Vistas of the Wichita Mountains definitely lives up to its name, you'll be able to ride one of two Parker Ferris wheels still in use in the U.S. This one was built in 1920. 
You'll also get to wander the arts and crafts booths, games, live entertainment, and of course, homemade hometown food. And you'll definitely want to hang out for the tractor pull. Just take State Highway 9 West from Carnegie and you'll find yourself in Mountain View. For more information, call 580-347-3213. I'm looking forward to the top of that because you want to talk about a mountain view from the top of that fair, that Ferris wheel. Yeah, yeah I man. have heard that that is a good that is a good county fair. I believe it. Yeah, it seems like a lot of fun. All right, uh, Carly, what's your event this week? One of my favorite things about Oklahoma today is that I get to learn all kinds of random facts about places in Oklahoma. Elk City started out as Crow with an E, so it's fancy, <laughs> but they changed their name to Bush to lure beer magnate Adolphus Bush to open a brewery in their city. <laughs> Apparently, it didn't work because the town adopted the name Elk City one year later in 1901 <laughs> in honor of the nearby Elk Creek, which was named for Native American chief Elk River, who once lived in the area. Whatever they want to call the place, I'm happy to oblige as long as they let me go to the downtown block party on August 5th. <laughs> Local shops will be open late for customers to browse to their heart's content, but the fun doesn't stop there. Proud drivers can show off their cars during the evening cruise. There'll be live music, and of course, food trucks will be on hand to feed the masses. And admission is free. Call 580-225-0906 or go to visitelkcity.com for more info. Elk City has a great downtown. Like They do, and you can go to the towns. Sugar Shack Yes, and, and you get can, you some sugars. Exactly. There's a lot to do down there. It's an awesome <laughs> It's an I, awesome place. It was a huge curveball. I definitely thought they'd change the name to Elk City to try and get more Elks. Um, <laughs> that didn't after, work after either. That didn't work either. There are no Elks in Elk City. That Flattery went doesn't work on that. <laughs> <laughs> the, elk, the Elk is the least vain yeah. of, of the woodland creatures. <laughs> Megan, what's your event this week? Get your digestive system in gear because Ardmore is about to drop a ton of meat on your plate. United Way's Barbecue Showdown unleashes man's most carnivorous desires during two whole days of unbridled consumption on August 5th and 6th, 6th at the Regional Park. The event description promises more than 30 Cajun food teams straight from the Gulf, who apparently will be cooking Cajun delicacies on Friday night. On Saturday, however, diners will get elbow deep in heaps of ribs, brisket, pulled pork, and other smoked meats. Afterwards, guests will test their physical limits in a cornhole tournament, while children can ricochet their cares away in a bounce house. Music from JB, which is spelled J-A-Y-B, so I'm not sure so if it's... Not the same the JB, JB that we know. No, um, that wouldn't be him. Wow, wow. So, music from JB, the Zydeco Posse. Did I say I'm not Zydeco? Okay. And Strongwood <laughs> will be the soundtrack for this celebration of flesh and fun. For more information, call 580-223-1401. Wow. Flesh just, and fun. That sounds like that my does. kind of party. That JB thing is hilarious. That's like, Oprah is going to be there, but not the Oprah you're well, thinking of. Well, and this is from the Travel OK listing, so I'm like, I'm not sure if the person who wrote it, I was like, did, did they just not know how to spell his name? We'll text JB or, later. And or like, or is this a different? JB, I Maybe don't know. Maybe this is a Gallagher 2 situation where uh, JB has just designated a second JB to go out and perform. Yeah. I yeah. just love I just love that more than 30 Cajun competitive cooking teams will be at the barbecue showdown. That sounds awesome. So I was from the Gulf. Yeah. I'm cool. like, I that sounds like that the sounds, best of both worlds. That sounds like a delicious gumbo event. on Friday and ribs on Saturday. Heck yeah, man. <laughs> All right, I'm in. Let's go. All right, Ben, what's your event this week? So my event is uh, Artini, which is the fantastic annual fundraiser 
for Allied Arts in Oklahoma City, uh, an organization that raises money for dozens of arts and culture nonprofits across the metro. But when I saw the theme for this year's Artini is Ranch Teeny, I was a little concerned because <laughs> I thought maybe they had stolen my secret cocktail recipe featuring equal parts gin, vermouth, and reduced fat, Hidden Valley Ranch dressing. <laughs> Ew. Not shaken or stirred, whisked. <laughs> whisked, mind you. Is it garnished with a cool ranch Dorito? <laughs> yes. How did, how did you know? Lucky guess. But after just a little research, it was clear that their event had absolutely nothing to do with ranch dressing, which is a huge relief knowing the family's secret is still safe. <laughs> it turns out Artini's ranch theme is actually related to the Wild West and the life of the American rancher. Guests are encouraged to come dressed in their favorite ranch attire, although I'm not sure if the American Gothic pitchfork will make it beyond security. Please peruse the silent art auction as you sip specialty martinis curated by some of the finest restaurants in the Oklahoma City metro, including Flint, the Jones Assembly, McClintock Saloon, and Rococo on Western. I'm not sure if any of these bartenders will have ranch dressing on hand, but you should definitely ask about it. (laughs) This year's Artini will be held 7 to 11 p.m. Friday night at Camp Trivera near the Oklahoma City Zoo and Lincoln Park Golf Course. Tickets are $125. For more information, call 405-278-8944 or visit artiniokc.com. That's always a really fun event. That's always a really, really fun thing. It's a good time. It is a very good I, time. I'm, but I too, Ben, am very disappointed that the ranch teeny. Uh, well, I'll have to make. I'll have to make one for you all sometime. <laughs> Just okay. After I'm, hours. Yeah. Yes. Wait. Well, I'm wow. relieved. That, so yeah, the family secret is safe. What if I put a lean cuisine in a blender with some beer? What is that? <laughs> is that a lean cuisine? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's another family secret. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and let's keep it that way. Yeah, let's, okay. Let's put that one in the vault. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, uh, for my event, as we have featured in the magazine, Edmond is a pretty artsy city with tons of public sculptures dotting the area. Slightly less known are the wealth of murals in, down, in the downtown area, and more are a-coming on August 6th with the Sunny Days Mural Festival, which brings 42 female and non-binary artists to put paint to the walls to create 31 new murals. Even if you're not wielding a brush or uh, on brick, there's still a ton to do. There's a stage with a full lineup of music, dancing, poetry, and more. There will be more than 60 local vendors and food trucks to peruse and lots of kids' activities. So get really, really hydrated. I mean, really hydrated, guys. <laughs> and head to downtown Broadway on August 6th from noon to 8 p.m. Admission is extremely free, but if you buy something, you will have to pay for it. Get all the deets at Sunday. Sunny Days Mural Festival, and that is D-A-Y-Z, uh, so you knows. Uh, and the sound of elephants forgiving, but absolutely refusing to forget. <laughs> so this episode of the Oklahoma Today podcast is coming to a close. Join us again next week, or if you can't get enough, head to oklahomatoday.com and pick up our latest issue on newsstands right now. You can send your feedback to OKTPod at travelok.com, and we will talk to you again next week. The Oklahoma Today podcast is a production of Oklahoma Today magazine and the Oklahoma Tourism and Recreation Department. Your hosts are Oklahoma Today editors Nathan Gunner, Greg L. Carly Barra, Megan Rossman, and Ben Lucian. Theme song editing and production held by Oklahoma Today's production manager, Bridget Sloan. For more information, visit oklahomatoday.com. Goodbye. <laughs> wow. Sorry, I was in the middle of a yawn. This, this heat has just, has just, it's just zapped us all. We are all so tired. <laughs>